It's good to be at church today, isn't it? Amen. Well, I've heard there's a little holiday going on. Got a text from my dad this morning. Boys, for my brother and I, don't forget to call your mother today. <laughs> at 47 years old, my dad's still making sure that I call my mom. To which I promptly responded, yes, sir, in all caps. <laughs> so I'll be doing that immediately following service today. Trish is in the nurseries. Make sure you go by and wish her happy Mother's Day. She takes care of your children. <laughs> but she's in the nursery today, so make sure you say hi to her as we go. We're going to do a little something special. But before we do that, Becky, do you have that video ready to run? Let's run that video real quick. Monica, are you in here? Okay, I'm going to need your help in a second. Go ahead. There are those who say that this is ordinary, but don't let that fool you. Mother will always be the bravest, least ordinary, most difficult, utterly challenging career that anyone ever hopes to lay claim to. While others might hear, diaper changer, food maker, laundry doer, carpooler, bottle washer, sweatpants wear, life on hold, want to be doing anything else, woman. The truth is, whether it feels like it some days or not, you are in fact a shelter from the storm. You are a cape of good hope. You are a warrior who will do battle for your children's hearts, souls, attention, innocence, education, and memories. Go to battle, my friends. This is your time. We will hold strong on either side of you. We will pray for those bottles through the dark watches of the night. And when doubt comes and children break, when adults fail them, and when they push and push as hard against us as the day we deliver them into this world, we will not be broken. We may ache and see cracks tear through our hearts, but we will get up again tomorrow and we will load the clothes and the words that need to be said again and again and again. And when the world tries to claw at them, to break them, to smash the beauty in them, may our walls hold true. May the lessons we've told the truths we've lived, the life we've spoken into them come back easily, predictably, with wash and repeat ease. Kingdom business, Jesus work, this shaping of souls, this raising tiny humans. There are those that say this is ordinary. Don't buy it for a second. Mighty. You are mighty because you, mother.
Amen. Amen. Let's give our moms a big hand. Come on. You know, I think one of the toughest jobs in the world is to be a mom, you know, and it is. It's truly, truly difficult, but the lives and the future of our country lies a lot in the mothers that are out there and the love and the care and the nurturing that they give, and so we want to honor you today. Now, this is what's wonderful about today. Come on up here, Monica. You're going to help me. So Trisha's changing diapers. You get to help me hand out gifts. Isn't that awesome? Now, I went yesterday. The, the girls said, hey, uh, I had to run to Little Rock yesterday morning. They said, on your way back, would you go by Bed Bath & Beyond? We need you to get some gifts for Mother's Day today. And so, um, yeah, what I'm going to do is send Trish to Gander Mountain next time. And we're going to say. So anyway, I walk in, and I'm calling Trish, and I can't get her because the phone's in the other room. She's with Kennedy doing something. So I call two or three times. I can't get her. So I call Monica. I can't get her. So I have no, I have no guidance. Okay, so I'm walking up, and you know, guys, <laughs> you know, you're walking up to Bed Bath and Beyond, and and, <laughs> and you walk up and you smell it like 30 feet before you even get there, because it's got all this stuff. And I open the door, and there's this lady sitting there in this nice little apron, and and she was the manager, and she said, "Hello, sir. How can I help you?" And I said, "Well." I said, ma'am, I'm a pastor, I'm lost, I can't get my wife on the phone, and i got to buy Mother's Day gifts. Help me out. And she smiled. <laughs> she, <laughs> and she said, what about this, this, this? I said, absolutely. <laughs> well, what about this? You betcha, we need three of those. <laughs> so I don't know what I got you, but I got you a lot of stuff. And you're really going to like it. And it smells good. And they can't just name things like rose. It's got to be pink floral, you know, I'm like, where do they come up with these names? But anyway, okay, but, but we're going to honor you today, but here's the way we're going to do it. We're doing this two ways. Ladies, as you leave today, the guys are going to be out in the foyer, and we've got a whole bunch of little gift bags, so when you leave, you're going to get a gift bag, and I don't know what's in it, but I'm sure you'll like it, and, and then here, we've got three special prizes. Now, if you've got your bulletins, everybody open up your bulletin. If you open up your bulletin and you have a pink sticky note in your bulletin, raise it up real quick. Heidi's got one. Who else has one? Sue has one. Who else has one? Dennis, if you've got one, I am not giving it to you. Right over here. We've got one right over here. You guys get the special bags. Let's go ahead and give them a big hand. <laughs> Sue's over there. Now, wonderful. That's great. Guys, for Father's Day, I think we're going to try to find shotgun shells. How about that? Wouldn't it? <laughs> 22 ammo, that'd be, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> but we do want to honor you guys, and, and thank you so much for all that you do. We appreciate you all very much. Let's give our moms another big hand. Come on. Good job. Well, I'm doing a one-off message today. It's called Catching Lightning. Catching Lightning. And I uh, wanted to start off, though, with the story. Uh, Carolyn sent me a joke. This I read it again. I laughed as hard the second time as I did the first time. All right, imagine if you will, this is a made-up story. Imagine if you will, there's this little country church service going on. It's just full of people. And all of a sudden, poof, Satan shows up in the middle of the church. Boom, just shows up right in the middle of the church. People are screaming and running. Pastor runs out. Choir runs out. I mean, everybody's running. He's, ah, and everybody's running away. And the church clears, and there's a little old man, about 85 years old, sitting right in the middle of the church, just sitting there with his cane, sitting down. And Satan goes, ah, aren't you scared of me? And he goes, nope. He goes, 
Really? So no, I'm not scared. You go, ah, run away. Don't you know who I am? He goes, yeah, I know who you are. I've been married to your sister for 54 years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good right there. I don't care who you are. (laughs) Uh, If you've got your Bibles, hold them up this morning. Don't point at people when I say those jokes, okay? That's it's not good. <laughs> Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are thankful that you're here. And, and I believe uh, we, we started working on this message a couple weeks ago. One of the ladies, Barbara, gave me the idea, and we sat down, and I started working with the creative team. And I love this concept of catching lightning. And we're going to talk a little bit of today about what that really means. Second Chronicles 16.9 says this out of the New Living Translation. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Say that again. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What that's saying is God is looking for people. God is looking for people that he can interact with. God is looking for people that he can show himself strong to. He's looking for people that are willing. He's looking. And and one of the other versions says, search to and fro. He's actively looking for people that he can show himself strong on their behalf. That's amazing, isn't it? It, it, It's the total opposite of us trying to talk God into doing something. Oh, Lord, please, Father, if you can hear me, oh, God, if you can hear me, you know, do something. And And the Bible tells us it's exactly the opposite. God's looking for people that he can reach into their lives and show himself strong. Searching to and fro. Second scripture, Philippians 2, 13. For God, this is the New Testament, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power. Everybody say power. Power. To do what pleases him. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And this is what it tells me. When I read these, is God is looking for somebody that's willing. God is looking for somebody that's willing. And here's the deal. doesn't matter who you are. He's just looking for somebody that's willing. And why? Because he wants to show himself strong on your behalf. But even more than that, he wants to put his power in you and work through you. That's God's desire. He's looking for lightning rods. He's looking for lightning rods. You know, in 1749, Becky, was it? Ben Franklin invented the lightning rod. Now, I'm sure there were some guys throughout the century that didn't know they were inventing it when they were on the horse that day. (laughs) (laughs) when they had their spear on top of the battlement, you know, I mean, there were guys, but the official guy, the guy that originally gets credit for doing this was Benjamin Franklin. And he's the one, we all remember Benjamin Franklin, remember flying the kite with the key on it? And and Benjamin Franklin is credited for creating the lightning rod. And we're going to talk a little bit about what lightning rods are made out of and what they're for. But here's the point of today's sermon. God desires his power to flow in us and flow through us. We are to be his chosen power conductors. 
We're God's chosen power conductors. God has called us to catch lightning and redirect it to the people and the situations that he needs to touch. Read that last statement. God has called us to catch lightning and redirect it to the people and situations that he needs to touch. I'll give you a few facts about lightning rods. These are really neat things. The main attribute of all lightning rods is they are created to be conductive. Everybody say conductive. Your seventh grade science teacher is very proud of you right now. The lightning rod is created to be conductive. It doesn't generate power from itself. Its job is simply to translate power. So a lightning rod is, is set up, it, it's created to conduct power somewhere else. This is very important to understand. Its job is to redirect it. And so if you go around to big buildings or, or any barns or whatever, sometimes there'll be a metal rod sticking up in the air somewhere. That metal rod runs down or runs through a power line and it runs down into the ground and it's grounded. And what happens is lightning will strike that building or strike that rod and it conducts that power somewhere else. If there aren't lightning rods, they'll strike a house and it may cause, cause the house to catch on fire. I know when I was a young man, I was in elementary school. I remember one night we had a lightning storm and lightning hit the TV antenna at the house and started a fire up in the attic. I'll never forget the firemen coming to the house and they were up putting that out. It was so easy to sleep after that. <laughs> you know, but I'll remember it hit that power rod, but the problem was the, the rod wasn't grounded outside. It was grounded into the house. And so that power traveled through the house and caused a fire in the attic of the house. So a lightning rod conducts power where it needs to go. That's what lightning rods do. Lightning rods come in many different forms, including hollow, solid, pointed, rounded, flat, and even bristle brush-like. There's some pictures of lightning rods up here. These are all different forms of lightning rods. Isn't that interesting? And, and I love the illustration here that as God has called us to be lightning rods, we don't all look the same. We don't all look the same. We're not all the same color, the same background, same part of the country. We are all different people. And yet the same power that God has, he wants to flow through each person. Doesn't matter what you look like, sound like, or where you're even from. Like Texas, okay? God desires to work through each one of us. So what you look like or your background is irrelevant to God. He just is looking for somebody to conduct his power. That ought to be good news. God loves diversity. He loves diversity. He, he made us that way, and yet he wants to use us, Jack, no matter what. He looks at us and he goes, hey, I can use you where you are, no matter what your background is. Another interesting fact about um, lightning rods is they're made out, primarily they're made out of copper. They're made out of copper, and I thought that was very interesting because pure copper is soft and it is moldable. Have you ever been around copper before? You know the copper lines? You can get those things and you can bend them around. But you know the primary, jo primary job of copper is to conduct electricity or conduct heat. That's why so many of our appliances have copper in them. On the power poles, you'll see copper lines. And it's so they can be grounded and they can conduct power. thought that was very interesting. Why does that matter to Christians? Listen to me. We are to be moldable just like copper. We must be moldable and flexible, trusting God. Now listen to me. Even when we do not understand the circumstances around us or how God chooses to deal with them, we are to trust him and be flexible. 
We're to trust him and be flexible. So here's the deal. When God begins to work and move through your life, he may do some things and do, work through you in ways that you're not really comfortable with. Anybody have any experience with that? Where God wants to use you, but, but he needs you to be flexible with the situation. You don't need to go to God and say, God, I got this all figured out. Let me tell you what you should do. How many of you have done that before? How'd that work out for you? <laughs> You know, God has a plan because he sees the big picture. And our job as lightning rods, as power conductors, is to be flexible with, flexible with him and allow him to work through us as he sees fit. And he will bend us and mold us and shape us. But the end result is the same. He wants to work through us. Your job is to surrender and trust him, even when you don't understand. You know, I was talking to a guy today who's going through some challenges. I love this guy. He's very dear to me. He's going through a tough time, and we were talking this morning. I said, you know, now at the time are the times that you lean and you trust God even when you don't understand. And you recognize that God is working through you and in you. You don't have to understand everything. You just have to trust him and allow him to work in you. You know, it's important to understand that some objects don't conduct electricity well. Lightning may hit them, but nothing happens. I mean, have you ever been in a service where, man, you, could, you knew the presence of God was moving and you're seeing different people touched, and then you look at some people and they're just sitting there like nothing's going on? I used to say they're sitting there like a bump on a pickle. They're just, they seem to be ineffective, and you walk out and you go, man, I really sensed the presence of God today. God was really moving, and they're like, oh, I didn't see anything. No, Nothing. I didn't sense God's moving that or for whatever reason. And, and you know, sometimes that happens in our lives that we see God moving around us and yet we don't sense his presence. We don't sense his power. And, and there's a reason lightning is striking, but it's not being conducted through us. Hmm. Have you ever been there? I have. And here's what I would encourage you in. If that's going on, it can be unbelief or doubt that's in your life. It can be unforgiveness that's in your life. It can be hidden sins or addictions that are in your life. It can be this, and this is the biggie, not believing we are who God says we are. Not receiving the fact that we've been adopted into his family. And so what happens is we get into these situations where we're not sensing or feeling the power of God moving through our lives. Or God maybe is not moving through our lives and you need to check yourself. That's why when we're celebrating communion and we're remembering the Lord, I always ask you, look at your life, examine your heart, see if there's some areas in you that you need to work on. Because if you're wanting God to move through you, there may be areas in your life you need to surrender to him. And understand, I don't say that today in judgment over anybody. Trust me, y'all know I'm the king jelly bean of a lot of these things. But what I have learned is that if God's not moving and he's not moving in my life, then I need to examine my heart. And there may be some things in me that are keeping that from happening. And we need to surrender those to him. John 7 verses 37 through 39 says this. This is Jesus. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds. Now listen, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. Who is anyone? Is that anyone? Jesus did not say, okay, everybody that's five foot four from Texas, you come here. He said, anyone. You know, Trisha and I have been talking a whole lot the last few months, and, and I'm telling you, as we move into different phases of our ministry and our life, we began to realize that certain people just don't want to move forward in the kingdom of God. They, they, they're content where they are. 
And the Bible talks about it, and Jesus talks about it a lot. He says, anyone. He also says, whosoever will come, let him come. Who's a whosoever? It's anyone. So Jesus is giving this opportunity. He's saying, come. Hey, if you're thirsty, come. Anyone who is thirsty, come. But it requires people to do what? Get up and move. And Jesus would say things like, whosoever will, anyone who will come, whosoever will. And the question that I have for you is this, are you a whosoever will? Are you an anyone? Because God is looking for lightning rods, but you have to choose to be one. Because he's not going to work through your life if you're not going to allow him to do that. So Jesus says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink Listen to this. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit who would be given to who? Everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. God is reaching out and he's calling people. And he's saying, anyone who will, anyone who will. And he's just looking for a receiver. And I want you to hear this today. He's not looking for perfection from you. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He knows you're not. He's made the provision for that. But you have to come to him and allow him to work in your life. You know, I think one of the greatest prayers, and this is one of the ones that I pray a lot. It's pretty simple. Lord, help me. Work through me. Lord, clean me up. Do what you need to do in my life. Lord, use me. That's pretty simple, isn't it? But when you're sincere and you come to God and you ask him to work and move and and lean on you and, and touch your life and work through you, you become an anyone. And then all of a sudden that that living water begins to flow into your life and that living water begins to flow through your life. And I want to tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing greater than seeing God's power work through you. That is so fulfilling when it's not about you and it's about God moving through you. So how do we become a conductor of God's power? How do we become lightning rods? How does that happen? Well, let me give you some easy steps right here. The first thing that has to happen for you to become a lightning rod for God is your proximity. Proximity. What does that mean? If you want to be hit by lightning, then you need to be where lightning typically strikes. If you want to hit by lightning, you need to be where lightning typically strikes. In other words, you need to be where the lightning is. Well, how do you do that? Here's the questions. There's two of them here. What is God involved in? What is God involved in? Here's a second question. What does God care about? What is God involved in and what does God care about? If you want to be around lightning, then you need to find a storm, don't you? Because there's going to be lightning with that storm if it's a thunderstorm. If you want to see the power of God move in and through your life, then you need to find out what matters to God. You need to find out where God is moving and then become a part of that. If you know God's heart is missions, then you need to get involved in missions. If you know that if God's job is service, then you need to get in job involved with service. If you know if God loves orphans and widows, then you need to get involved in those areas. Because if you want to see God move, you need to be where the lightning is. And then make yourself available. What does God care about? God cares about people. 
God cares about people. He cares about the abandoned. He cares about the sick. He cares about the oppressed. He cares about the broken. He cares about the lost. So if you want to see God move, if you want to see him in action, if you want to become a lightning rod for him, then find things he cares about and jump in. Some of you are saying, well, I'm not smart enough, or or, I'm too old, or I'm too young. It's irrelevant. God says, anyone, anyone, I'm looking for anybody. Who's willing? And when we stick our hands up and we make ourselves available, he will begin to move and work through our lives. That is an amazing truth, and it is very true. Here's number two. Switch on his word. Switch on his word. God's word is the switch and holds the power, all the power that the, world's ne- the world needs. You need to understand your Bible. The reason I always tell you find promises, if you want to know what God's involved in, find out what he's interested in. You have to go to the word. God will never do anything or say anything outside of his word. Do you understand? And all the power you need is found in here. It's all in here, folks. But you have to understand it. You have to be willing to put it in your heart, and you need to let it grow in your life. Here's number three. To keep the power flowing in your life, this is a biggie, stay humble. Stay humble. You know, when I said to you a few minutes ago, because I have a little bit of an ego, it's pretty, pretty, pretty small. <laughs> You've heard the story about me, many of you, about mowing yards for a year and a half. That'll break you pretty good. But God has a way of humbling us. And I want you to understand one of the greatest sins in the world, the sin that God hates is rebellion and pride. And what happens for many of us, religious people in particular, is that God begins to work through us. We are a lightning rod, and God uses us as a lightning rod. But here's what happens to many of us. We start feeling like it's us. We start feeling like we're the power. We start feeling like it's all about us. And here we miss it completely because a lightning rod's job is not to generate electricity. It's incapable of that. All it does is conduct it. And so for our lives, we need to understand the the greatest way to stay humble is to realize that you're just a lightning rod. Listen to this. I love this statement. Numbers uh, chapter 12, verse 3. Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Now think about that. I mean, Moses, when we think of Moses, we think of the Red Sea, Charlton Heston. You know, I mean, that's what we do, right? Come on. We, we think of Charlton Heston and we, the, the, the sea parting and, and the, the stick turning to serpents and all these amazing things. I mean, Moses would go and he would just stay in God's presence and God would move and God would speak to him. God gave him the Ten Commandments. I mean, he would talk to God. So if there was anybody that had an opportunity to be very prideful, it would be Moses, wouldn't it? You know, me and God, you know, we're like that. You know, we're pretty good. We hang out. We watch football together. I mean, if there was anybody, Moses was him. And yet the scripture says, now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. I absolutely get why that's the case. Moses realized he was a lightning rod. He realized he was a vessel. 
that the power did not reside in him. The power resided in God. And I want, I want to encourage you in this and listen to me. Listen to me. Many people, the most humble people you'll ever meet that are Christians are the people God is working through, but they are so close to God, they realize it has nothing to do with them. You know, I want to tell you today, and Wes, I'm sorry, I'm going to brag on you. Wes is as talented a vocalist of anybody I've ever met, isn't he? And he is one of the most humble people. He is absolutely humble because he gets that it's not him. And, and, and so, therefore, the power will continue to flow through him because as soon as he feels like, I'm the man, it stops. That's the way it works. The day that I get up here and it becomes about me and not about communicating God's word to you is the day it stops. We have to realize we are simply power conductors. That is what we are. God uses us to flow through us. Carol, as long as you're humble about your teaching gift, God will use you and continue to exalt you. Every one of us, and it, and it is a warning to leaders. So how do we stay there? How, how do we continue in that? The way you learn to stay humble is stay close to God. Is you stay close to God because when you, the closer you get to God, the more you realize how small you really are. The people that don't know God that are arrogant, they're the ones that are out there thinking it's all about them. Why is this a big deal? Why do you think Satan fell? Lucifer, the Bible tells you, he was the most beautiful creature in heaven. And the power and the, the light of God was shining out of him. And what happened is he started thinking, it's all about me. Had nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with him. But that's why pride is a big problem. The Bible tells us that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's why Moses was so humble. And so I want to encourage you, if you feel like pride's starting to rise up in you, if you think you're all that in a bag of chips, I'm going to give you two things to do. One of them's not spiritual and one of them is. If you've got a big ego, you can come over to my house and you can order my German Shepherd around. See how that works for you. <laughs> There's an old saying, an old farmer saying that says, if you get too full of yourself, try to order around somebody else's dog. <laughs> the other thing and the important one is to stay close to God. Realize that all your blessings are from him, that your gifting is from him. That your power comes from him, and you will stay humble. And the Bible says that God will exalt the humble. And that's why Moses was exalted so much. He always stayed humble, and it never was about him. It's amazing, guys. Romans 9, 20 through 22 says this. Don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? It's up to the potter, isn't it? It's up to the potter. And we have to realize that God has a different plan. That's why there are different gifts and there are different abilities in the body of Christ. God has given some people an amazing gift to teach. He's given some people an amazing gift to sing. He's given other people the gift of service. 
And do you think God looks at gifts any different or more importantly than any other? No. No. God doesn't look at what I'm doing as any more important than you changing diapers or cleaning the bathroom or handing a kid whatever. God just calls you to serve. And he looks at all that the same. You're not going to be held accountable. One of these days, guys, one of these days, we're going to stand before the throne. We're going to stand before God. And the Bible tells us we're going to be held accountable for what he gave us. And he's not going to say, well, I wanted you to be a doctor, lawyer, if that's not what you are. He's going to say, did you use what I gave you? Did you serve where I planted you? You know, I love watching Brenda in here in the church. She spends tons of hours keeping this place clean, and it always looks so wonderful. And she does, and I talked to her. I said, I asked her a while back. I said, I'm sorry, Brenda. This is, you know, this is the way it works. Anybody that's around me, you can and will be used in a sermon at some point, so just go ahead and recognize that. It's <laughs> the way it is. I said, why do you, why do you work so hard? Because she goes so far above and beyond. She said, this is my father's house. Do you not think God will honor her for that one of these days? Yeah. You know, I've learned, and I'm going to talk about this, this in the dream team next week. God's really been showing me some neat things lately. I have learned that the, the people that I see that serve the most are also the ones that tend to be the busiest in their lives. I don't understand it. You know, but, but there are these people that, that I know I can always call on and rely on, and they're some of the busiest people that I know. But I've learned that, that these people serve because of their love for God, and they just have to give. They just have to give. They have to serve. Okay is not good enough. They go the extra mile. Jesus talked about that, didn't he? Going the extra mile. He also talked about giving a cup of cold water in his name. Serve where you are. Become a lightning rod where you are. Don't wait for tomorrow. Do it today. You know, a few weeks ago, I was driving through, I'm going to close. A few weeks ago, I was driving through uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, getting some health food. <laughs> As you can tell. <laughs> And I looked up, and I could see this car in front of me. I didn't recognize the person. I'd never seen the car before. But I could see, see this lady looking in the mirror, and she would look back at me every once in a while. And I thought, hey, I, you know, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> and I pulled up to the window. She drove off, and I pulled up to the window and, and grabbed my food. And the guy said, well, the meal's already been paid for. And the lady ahead of me paid for my meal that day. And I thought, I'm supposed to be the one doing that. <laughs> but she was paying it forward. She was serving. She was doing the love revolution thing. She was just loving people. And it just reminded me how easy it is to let people know you care about them. How sometimes just a small act of kindness can change somebody's day. I mean, I pulled out of there just feeling great. Like, Wow. How easy is that? Just to love somebody in the name of the Lord? Just to reach out to them? I want to encourage you to 
begin to think this way. I mean, when you're in McDonald's, maybe pay for the people behind you one day. Or if you're at the grocery store, I mean, go out on a limb and maybe pay for somebody's groceries behind you or put $20 toward it and just leave. <laughs> begin to do these random acts of kindness for the Lord, just to love people and, and, let, and just, just to encourage them. You have no idea what that could do for somebody's life. You have no idea because people are so hopeless and many of them are so lost and they just need to know that they matter, that God's thinking about them today. You never know how a smile or a handshake can change somebody's life. Because remember, there have been days you've been there, right? So if you want to become a lightning rod, make yourself available. Just be available. Say, Lord, let's pray. If this is you today, if you just want to be used of the Lord, if you just want to feel his presence working in you and through you, if you, you just want to be available to God, this is between you and God right now. If, if that's who you want to be, to experience his presence and his power, just make yourself available. I'm going to take a second right now and, and just search your heart. If Some of you are saying, Lord, I want more. I, I want to do more. Father, I know I need, to, I need to be around more for you. I need to make time for you. Lord, I just want to experience your power and your presence in my life. Lord, I want to be your hands and feet. Pastor Chris talks about that all the time, but I don't even really know what that's like. He's calling you to be a lightning rod for his power. Just right now, you and God, if that's your heart today, then I want you to just ask him, say, Lord, today, Father, use me. Father, today, work in my heart. Lord, help me today to see people the way you see them. Lord, you said if anyone comes to you, and is thirsty, you'll give them something to drink. You'll fill them with the Spirit. And Lord, you also said, then this power, this living water will flow out of me to other people. And I want that. Lord, to experience your power and your presence in my life, to be your hands, to be your feet. today I pray that you would do that speak to people's hearts Father touch them today hallelujah Wesley go ahead and sing that if you can use anything Lord you can use me if you can use anything Lord you can use me So take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and 
my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. So take and take my hands, Lord, and my feet. And touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You know, if you've got a pipe, maybe you've got a piece of pipe and maybe there's mud in it or debris, you know, there's a way to clean that pipe out, isn't there? You can attach a high-power hose to the end of that pipe. And you can turn the water on. What's going to happen? It's going to blow all that junk out of that pipe, isn't it? When you allow God to begin to work into your life, here's what happens. You are that pipe. And His power, His presence, His Holy Spirit will begin to flow through you. And it will blow all that junk out. Until there's clean water flowing through you. And none of that debris will collect in there anymore. And the key is keeping that water flowing all the time. And the way you do that is by staying in his presence. And that's a key for you today. Never forget that. Stay hooked up. It's not about you. It's about his power flowing through you. And he'll keep you clean. Some of you today are carrying a burden that doesn't belong to you. You can't fix everything. Just remember, you're a servant. Allow God to flow through you. Cast, Jesus said, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. You can't carry the burden. It's, it's too big for you. Lay it at his feet. Let him carry it. Let him flow through your life. Cast it on him. Amen. Let's stand today. Father, I just thank you today for your power and your presence in our lives. Lord, I pray a special blessing and anointing on all the moms that are here. Lord, I just pray that you'd bless them, the moms, the grandmothers, the aunts, the sisters, the older sisters, Lord, that you would just bless them. I pray, Lord, that you would fulfill the dreams of their hearts, Lord. We thank you for them and we honor them. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, ladies, as you leave today, don't forget your gift. Guys, it's not for you, okay? God bless you as you go.